business stuck? Tired of leaving money on the table? Are you ready to take it to the next level? Join us as we dive deep into the small business secrets successful entrepreneurs are implementing to see massive results. This is the Business Growth Hacks Podcast, presented by Beefy Marketing. Here's your host, Andrew Brockenbush. Small Business Nation, welcome back to another episode of the Business Growth Hacks Podcast. We are here every single week bringing you the greatest hacks from the greatest minds all over this great country uh, to help you guys grow your businesses. Uh, this is the coolest thing to do. It's my Friday. Every single Friday, I get to do this with my buddy, John. John, what's up, my friend? What's up, man? How are you doing today, Andrew? I'm good, brother. I'm a little sleepy, as are you. I know. We've uh, talked about this. Yes. We are sleepy today. It's been a grind week here at Beefy. So, oh, dude, know, every, we every are hill hustling, we've man. Come over has left my legs and arms so tired, and my brain as <laughs> yeah. well. It's a I lot, brother. I wait for some relaxation tomorrow. <laughs> I know, man. I know. Same, same. Well, I got to take a second to thank our episode. Wingman is your all-in-one marketing and sales automation software, which will help you streamline your communication, automate your processes, and grow your business. You can check them out at trustyourwingman.com. And now that we've got that out of the way, we like to do something every single episode, which is kick it off with an icebreaker. Let's kick it. Ice, icebreaker. All right, Mustafa, here goes today's icebreaker question for you. Would you rather have a theme song for your life or a constant soundtrack playing in the background? Oh, that's a that's a very interesting one. But I think given that, you know, hey, we just heard the intro and stuff, I think I'm in theme song mode. So. All right. These are, all right. Do you happen to know what your theme song would be? I struggle with that question, but you no, know yeah, I, I wouldn't know. I, I'd probably custom make something like very specific yeah. to like, you know, fit yeah. the vibe, but yeah, I wouldn't really know. <laughs> all right. All right. John, what are you thinking, man? Yeah. I'm thinking the opposite route on that one because I'm a music lover. I'm a musician, and I think I want music playing the whole time. I want the soundtrack, you know? Uh, that way, like, you know, if I come into your office and I'm like, Andrew, and I'm having a sad time, like some sad music stuff. <laughs> you know? like, or like you, I come in with a good idea. We got that soundtrack there to keep us, like, motivated, you know? <laughs> you need, like, a music-generating AI assistant to, like, follow exactly. you. Yeah. That would actually be really awesome. Yeah, I was uh, up in air on this one, too. I was somewhere in the middle there because I felt like when I thought about soundtrack at first, I was like, man, I'd be I'd be tired of hearing the same soundtrack over and over and over again. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but then John kind of, whenever he said, you know, it was more like based on your like actions and life and emotion, I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Actually, it's like, you know, those narrators that are narrating your life as it happens. And you're like, well, wait a second, that didn't happen yet or whatever. So I'm somewhere in the middle. I also like the theme song too, because I feel like every time I came, like, like went somewhere or arrived somewhere, people would be like, yeah. who's this guy? Right? Like, right. I want to, I want to be this guy's friend. So I, I'm somewhere in the middle there. No, and, and what's actually funny is that even though it's a simple question, it's, it's interesting to see how people think of it different. I thought of it the same way as you did, Andrew. Where I'm like, the soundtrack, the same track's going to be playing. But John yeah, got a little bit more creative, and he's like, well, I can just vary it up. And I'm like, well, I didn't realize that was like an option. An option. Like, <laughs> I was thinking every day is a different movie or show, you know, so we're going to have a new soundtrack for that, right? And maybe there's anthems that play, you know, like the Jack Sparrow theme and the Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, there you go. Yeah. The Darth Vader theme. You know, there's well, themes and soundtracks, but that's right. That's true. Uh, fair, fair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like there's intense, there's suspense, there's yeah. drama. There, it's all, it's all there, which is exactly what we hope that you take away from today's episode because we've got oh, a really good guest for you guys. Mustafa is a deeply experienced entrepreneur who empowers business owners to grow their businesses rapidly by rationalizing and mastering business processes specific to their circumstances. He leads Push Analytics, a business consultancy firm that's in the top 10% of HubSpot agencies, and that is no small feat, and is among the best in class in helping businesses grow and specifically optimizing their business processes. I'm a process nerd, so I'm looking forward to this conversation. Mustafa, welcome to the show, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Andrew. Looking forward to it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Happy Friday. Uh, welcome to the to the virtual podcast studio. Uh, you know, I'm, I feel I'm like I'm there. I feel like I'm right. Yeah, I feel like I'm right next to you. So yeah. <laughs> we're, good, man. we're here. All we could use is a couple cold ones, and we'd be all right. But <laughs> there you hey, go. Uh, so I feel like this is going to be a fun conversation because I've actually uh, Beefy Marketing has been a, a HubSpot agency partner for uh, about a decade now, ten years, and. 
we've never reached the status that you've reached, which is super exciting. It means to me, it tells me that you're serving a lot of clients and you're doing things really well. So I'm really excited about kind of jumping into that conversation. So why don't you take us all the way back though? How did you get into marketing in the first place? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's, uh, let's zoom back out. And, and actually, um, I mean, HubSpot being a HubSpot partner wasn't even our, on our initial plan at all. So yeah. <laughs> uh, what happened was, uh, um, you know, uh, so my partner has a lot of uh, ad experience and, and, you know, marketing experience with ads. And he was doing, I, I like to say, he's been doing ads since ads started being a thing. He worked brand side um, at like a startup brand in 2014, 13, helped bring it from zero to seven figures seeking franchising opportunities um you know using ads right like facebook ads and google ads at the time and, and this was like again when it kind of started taking off it's obviously facebook ads have been around for a while but that's when people really started taking off with it so um uh anyways he was doing that and uh he was looking at a lot of numbers and stuff but and he knew the importance of it but a lot of it was like very like haphazard and like manual and it was like very hard to manage so it was like all right we we should tag team and come up with something that we can have processes and systems in place to be able to do this in like a more organized, sustainable way. So that's where Push Analytics was born, right? So it's like, hey, we uh, we started off and we still do uh, growth marketing, helping people bringing in, uh, we bring in all the information, all the processes in a certain way. We're looking at the information, um, you know, constantly and being able to make like data-driven decisions. Um, so uh, you can see that even though we were a growth marketing agency, that the whole premise was like, hey, let's tag team and build good internal processes on our own end so that we can use the data uh, on the front end. So uh, that kind of evolved. We realized like, hey, we, uh, we a lot of people need help with data, a lot of people need help with consulting. So we started doing different consulting, different data things and different CRM implementations. I have a lot of experience in the CRM space from before. I, I was you know, the tangent, but I was like, I did B2B enterprise sales, like you know, a lot of deals, you know, whatever. So I have a lot of experience on that before. We, we we went into that direction. We were doing different implementations of different platforms, um, of which HubSpot is one of them. Um, and at some point, HubSpot, um, you know, we kind of got on the radar, I guess. And they, they were like, you know, hey, would you guys want to be a partner? And uh, you know, conversation kind of went, went from there. That's awesome, man. So uh, how long now have you guys been a partner of HubSpot? Um, in the grand scheme of things, not that long uh like two years actually so wow, wow. uh yeah 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 we did hit platinum at like record uh record speed they they were surprised too <laughs> so, that's yeah, when you so said cool, two man. years i was like wow yeah bro like i'm over here slacking we've been in 10 year partner <laughs> right? and we haven't hit your status bro good for you guys man that's awesome that's so cool uh, so i mean for you what stood out about hubspot as like a solution that you wanted to kind of bring into the fold and and leverage for your clients yeah. So, um, I mean, again, we have experience with different CRMs, different tools, and we do help people and implement different tools. The one thing that stands out in general about HubSpot is that um, HubSpot's easier to use than some of like the really known, um, you know, big players, uh, or big player out there. Right? Yeah, yeah, for players, sure. But um, they're like a really, uh, really easy to use. The thing that people don't, a lot of people don't really get about CRMs is that it's not just a tool. It's like an interface between a tool and people, right? A CRM is only as good as the people who are using it are, are using it, right? So you see this a lot happen in corporate where like people will be like, oh, they, they've spent bazillions of dollars on a CRM, but the implementation isn't accounting for how the actual end user, how the actual salesperson, how the actual customer service rep is going to use it. And nobody from the actual people that need to be using it want to use it or put in info. So it's of limited use usability and of limited information. And, you know, we, we had this, there's a joke, the garbage in, garbage out, right? Like say if, yeah. if everybody just don't want to use it or they're just doing it because they were told that you can put garbage in and garbage is going to come right out. So yeah. um, uh, that's a very important part of the success of a CRM strategy. So that ease of use um, is is very present in HubSpot, um, I think, to, to use. So that, that's that's the only thing that stands about HubSpot. It's a good balance between that and um, and being able to you know offer customization. How did you guys get into? I guess taking I don't know how to position this question correctly, but like, how did you guys get into the process side of things, right? Because like there is this clear realization that you have. And I know we've experienced the same thing. It's like, I can give you the best tools to do the job, but if you don't know how to use them or they weren't set up correctly or or the systems weren't put in place, then like you said, garbage in, garbage out. It's just not going to work for you. Yes. I mean, I'm seeing I'm seeing the same thing happen right now with people with AI. They're like, oh yeah, I tried that chat GPT thing and it's not that good. It's like, no, you're not very good at giving it prompts to get you really good results, right? So it's the, right. It's the same kind of concept. So when did you guys realize that y'all's 
product essentially was going to be helping businesses build processes. Yeah, I mean, I think um, we had a knack from it from, from the whole start, right? I mean, like like I mentioned, when like my partner started Brandside, and, and it wasn't just ads that he did, right? Like helped operate like an entire business to get them from literally nothing, or you know, like startup phase is very rough, right? Like nothing. It's like, are we even going to exist tomorrow? To like seven figures, which is amazing. And yeah. then um, you know, even with our clients, like on the growth side, just the way we plugged in and approach things, we didn't just help them with you know, hey, let's just do ads. We actually help them like kind of advise them on how to run their business overall. Like here, you need to order as much inventory, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this in the operation side, you need to cut expenses that way. Um, uh, so we had like that like experience anyways. And then I had a lot of corporate experience also from before and also managing uh, on the corporate side, uh, a lot of different business processes, a lot of different, lots of business. So um, in a very complex industry, I'm not going to really get into it, but it's a very complex industry and there's like a lot of intertwining of processes in that industry. Um, so um, so anyhow, so between kind of all that, we're able to combine that. And then we realized that, um, hey, process is like really important. This is not something that is obvious to a lot of people, like how to fix the process. I mean, um, we were doing it for just so long, kind of intuitively, that sometimes some things we think are obvious, but then we kind of had to step back and be like, well, it's not, it's really not at all. Right. So, yeah. um, and, um, yeah, it's huge. And you, you kind of hit the nail on the head, Andrew, because a lot of people, um, it, it's not, the tool is only, so we, when we even doing HubSpot or whatever, like we, we, we do what's called the business first approach. We talk first about like, like the business, what the process looks like today. And I tell people like, look, tell me what you're doing today, what your process is. And it's okay. Maybe your process is I write something on a napkin and I give it to the customer and that's my quote. That's fine. It, it's not like a wrong answer or, or anything shaming. It's just we need to know where you are so then we can start thinking of where you might need to go and then kind of work together to see how we can get you there, right? So it's like a yeah. business first approach. This is before we even touch the tool. The tool actually, we only touch it at the end. Once we have everything mapped out of what exactly uh, we want to do. We run into a lot of implementations. People have tools. People have things. I don't know what to do with them. Like you said, mm -hmm. they have implementation. Uh, we set this up like a year ago. We have no idea what we even set up. We're not really using it. Um, and um, yeah, it's. I think it's it's something that people really need to understand that the process matters more than the tool that you're, you're using, um, mm -hmm. because otherwise you, you don't even really know what to do with the tool. Yeah, or or what's the right tool, right? Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I see exactly. so many people that do that. They sign up for one after another and there's their adoption rate internally is just never what it should be and they <coughs> typically blame the tools like oh that that tool was too complex it was too complicated it was too hard it was like no you just didn't know how to implement it properly like which is okay like you just have to have awareness around the fact that that's the problem right exactly um, I, i'm an active campaign certified consultant and i get no no lie like one or two response you know emails a week from people who've said Oh, we've used Active Campaign for the past three years, but we, we actually need help actually making it work for us now. It's like, well, man, you wasted a lot of money over the last three years, you know, like <laughs> yeah. having it having it not helping you. But you know, it's yeah. I think that like you said, sometimes it's so inherently like it's just like the truth for us that like we know it that whenever yes. a client's like not doing it, you're like, what? Like that should just I thought that was just like you knew that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so that that's really cool that you guys had kind of that aha moment and you guys were able to kind of productize it or you know kind of make it a service i mean shoot this was even a struggle in our agency i, I, I joke with people all the time and say if you would have worked with me 10 years ago it would have been a terrible experience for you <laughs> all my bad google reviews came 10 years ago right and it's because i didn't have systems and processes like i was just like an overly confident you know 23 year old who thought i could do anything which I think I could. I just didn't have a system to do it very well, you know. Right, right. And and it was and it was like four or five years ago where I finally sat down and I was like, man, if I ever want to scale this business, if I ever want to sell it, if I ever want to bring on you know a bigger team or whatever, I have to have processes in place that people can like jump into and be able to utilize mm -hmm. effectively. Um, personally, my favorite favorite process tool for documenting processes because like since we're on the topic is a tool called Process Street. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, uh, but one of the coolest tools I've ever used for documenting processes and like automating tasks within with inside of it. Now I use that obviously with a bunch of other like more, you know, marketing and sales CRM tools like HubSpot and ActiveCampaign and things like that. But it, just the whole art of like sitting down and documenting the things that you're doing and like you said, realizing that some of your processes are literally just like napkin handovers to customers. It's like, okay, how can we improve that? How can we make that more efficient? How can we automate those kind of things? 
I, I think that part is really, really cool what you guys are doing. Yeah, no, I think it's cool that you're no shame in where you're at, too. We need to define Absolutely. where you are to define where we can go. And so I, I love that approach as well. Like if you're on a bar napkin, that's fine. Just tell us that so we can that might be one of those processes you need to improve there. But I, I love that. too. Exactly. It's really important because uh, one thing uh, when I give presentations and webinars on like processes, um, one thing that we always we ask a question at the beginning, like how how good do you feel like your processes are? And it's like good, medium, bad and then non-existent but the non-existent is like a little bit of a trick answer when people say that it's like well that's not true because every business has processes right because yeah. the process yeah. is getting from point a to point b and if you uh, to achieve like an outcome so if you have a business that has customers and you have process like it's simple now whether you're paying attention to it or not is a different story but you do have something right so uh, that's why we, we, we kind of stimulate the conversation like look you you definitely do something you got sales somehow how did you do that? Right. Whatever way you did it is, is okay. So yeah, that's cool. That's really yep. cool. So when did you decide like, okay, we have to, we're going to create push analytics because I know that we kind of, I jumped backwards and forwards. I have ADHD like a mother, but no, uh, good, like, at what point did you and your business partner that was like really comfortable in the ad space decide like, Oh, there's this need for something bigger than just those independent things. Yeah, I mean, we created this solely off the growth marketing thing, um, you know, so of doing growth marketing and like systemizing that. And that was like exclusively what we did in the beginning. Um, and then, um, yeah, and then this, you know, this we, one thing led to another, right? Because we, we have a data team. So we do data, we start doing data consults. Uh, we've done like full like data studies for people and like, you know, where, wow. where do I have, I have this much money? I need to invest in like locations across the country and do like analysis and whatever. Like we, we do done like full data studies on, on that side. We still, we still do that. Um, and then, um, and then, you know, the process in uh, CRM side, which, which tie into each other, even though some people maybe don't realize that, but it's like, because a CRM is supposed to be a tool that helps you manage your business. It, it, it inherently, you know, you can't really do it without processes. Uh, so yeah, I mean, so so that's um, so that side of the business kind of grew grew out that way, kind of organically. But when we started, I mean, we were just going to do growth marketing, and, and again, we still do that, but we didn't really realize it would evolve into this. So it's kind of interesting how that happened. Yeah, to what it is to what it is now. Yeah, and really quickly because I mean, I know this, you know this, but can you define it for the listeners? Like, what is growth marketing? How do you guys define growth marketing? So growth marketing, I mean, it's it's when you're running. Uh, so the simple thing is like, okay, we run Google ads and Facebook ads and TikTok ads, Instagram ads, whatever ad platforms, right? Not the not the organic side, but we're running the ads for you, right, as a business. Um, now, when we say growth marketing, though, we mean that we're not just like, hey, you're paying us and we're just running the ad and that's it. But we're actually like really trying to help you grow your business through that right so we look at the full 360 degree view of the business like we will sit down and plan with the business and what are the targets and what are the expenses and what are the costs and we actually like under like go dive deep and understand so that's why we say growth marketing i mean some people just kind of say that but we, we do do that um and we're looking like you know fully at the business to try to see like what exactly do we need to do um to help drive growth even if it's not something that we're directly um controlling so for example let's say we're doing uh, we're doing campaigns and we noticed that, um, I don't know, um, conversion rate was down or, or that the orders were down. And we dive in a little bit and we're like, well, why were they down? And then we start looking at the traffic breakdown and then we see that like, okay, uh, SMS and email traffic is down. And then somebody else on the client side, let's say, is doing SMS. So it's not really us and ads are still performing well, but we won't just say, well, they're performing well. And so, yeah, we don't care that the sales were down. No, we're going to go and be like, oh, we've identified that it's because of, SMS being down, we haven't really done many SMS blasts. So let's go back and, you know, hey, client or hey, SMS team, whatever. Um, like, what can we do to get some blasts going back up and see if that's going to improve conversion, for example. I got you. How, how does HubSpot's tool set help enhance your client experience in that and the effectiveness of your marketing campaigns? Yeah, so that's why we kind of say it's, it's, it's honestly... Um, we like to think of them and, and they are two different business divisions, right? So, I mean, there's some overlap, but, but, you know, um, growth marketing, I mean, like you could be, for example, an e-commerce client, for example, on Shopify, mm -hmm. right? And a lot of them are. Um, and then, um, at that point, you're not really using a CRM. You have Shopify. It's just different, right? Like there are some edge cases where you might, um, want to use like a Shopify and a CRM. There are some cases, but, Usually no, because usually the people are selling like some, you know, B2C product. It's like right. $20 or $30 a product. You don't, 
you're not putting so much emphasis on each individual you're putting emphasis more on like just having their emails like right so um so um so there's two different like things i mean uh with hubspot though if you are a b2b business and you're trying to do marketing you absolutely need um you absolutely need uh some sort of way to be able to track the leads and, and stuff that you're getting so that's what we always talk about that so actually some of the times where we've set up hubspot before we were a partner were because to do marketing actually because it's like mm-hmm. people want us to do marketing um and again more like take out e-commerce but if you're like a b2b you're like some service-based business <coughs> i'm sorry i just have this cough yeah you're good but people want us to do marketing and uh, you know we're like okay but wait a minute you um you don't really have a way to track those leads that are coming in. So we're going to get you leads. We're going to get people coming to the website. We're going to have people that are going to fill out a form and then the form doesn't go anywhere. And then like, then what? Like then when you're just like, we can't do that. Right. Yeah. So we need to actually have a system in place. So at least let's fix that up. So mm-hmm. the first thing would be like, okay, let's just make sure. And I, I like the thing with any, and like, if you have a physical store business, okay. Outside somewhere, you want to make sure that anywhere somebody's going to walk into your business, that they're going to be able to be, it's going to be obvious what they should do next, right? Like they're going to walk in, somebody's going to be right. like, hey, you know, like I help you with jewelry or they're going to walk in, it's a retail store, they're going to see some clothing, whatever, right? And it's going to be obvious for them what to do. The same thing applies online, right? And a lot of people aren't doing this yet, which is fine, but, but you know, a lot of people obviously know this. But if you have, the first thing you want to check for is do all your inputs into your business, do they, are they all, manned in a way right so are all your forms do they have an email are they going to get an auto response when they fill out that form is it going to assign to a salesperson you know is the phone number is that something that somebody's going to pick up are we able to track that um is whatever the support email on your website is that something that where does it go do we even know where it goes like how do we track that so uh so that's where that's the first place where hubspot comes in when it comes to growth marketing is like you need to be able to track what's going on and you need a tool to be able to do that and hubspot's a good tool to do that And, and there are others yeah, yeah. I, I think it's interesting that you kind of bring up the use case of tools too, because your goals kind of matter. Um, exactly. Which tool you use, really, because mm-hmm. you want to make sure that you're using the best tool for the job. Exactly. And we're like, I mean, there's no real word for this, but we're like tools experts. So we work with different <laughs> tools like all the time, all oh, the yeah. time, different email platforms, different, you know, um, different like tools different like enhancement tools different crm so all the time custom stuff we worked in proprietary stuff all the time um in different industries so uh for us like a lot of times it's like okay we'll, we'll see the tool and be like okay is this service servicing needs is it not like what tool do we need to go to we can help we help like when we get in early we can actually help select like what do you even need like what do you need uh what hubs you need from hubspot you know what do you need for um any other tool that's maybe how does that tool tie to another tool i mean there's like a whole level of like call it like system architecture planning where it's like yeah all these tools that you have how do they tie into each other to begin with and what tool governs what a lot of times for example run into people that have an erp um like netsuite or sap uh we work a lot with that and then they maybe want to do something where they also have a crm so Mm -hmm. it's like okay well where is the erp govern and where's the crm govern? that's like really important right because it's like if it's just like a kind of free-for-all like we're going to just sync everything everything and nobody really knows like uh, some people go into house some people go into netsuite or or it becomes a disaster so yeah i mean that's that for me it's funny that you kind of said that you're tool experts because people used to like always be like andrew you just know a tool for everything and it's like (laughs) at one point in my life i was like man i wonder if i could just make a business of just being the like the tool guy you know like here's these different resources based on like what you need or whatever um but i find ourselves to be kind of in a similar position where it's like we're not necessarily like just an expert in one thing it's like Hey, what, what makes the most sense for your business? Like I can't be a one size fits all, right? Because that's not how business works in the first place. Um, I think that's what's really cool about documenting processes and things like that. Just kind of go back to our initial conversation. It really kind of helps shape, you know, like the foundation of like, okay, what things matter? What doesn't matter? What tools, you know, might need to be a part of our stack? What doesn't need to be a part of our stack? How, how can we consolidate and try to keep as much of it in the fewest the fewest solutions possible so that we don't have like this like convoluted data where it's like how do we make sure our data is always in sync and and things like that but i just think that 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 part's really cool so there's obviously two parts to your business you've got like the demand agency demand marketing lead gen through paid advertising i'd imagine uh and mm-hmm. then you've got like more of the processes like hubspot like kind of you know <laughs> mm-hmm. that that kind of that side of the business as well so um 
I'm trying to think through. Like, I'm really excited because there's like two. This like this conversation go totally, totally different it ways. Goes like, two that's ways, yeah. This, right? <laughs> but that's. I think that that's what's really cool about a solution like HubSpot. I mean, to John's question earlier about like how does HubSpot improve it? I mean, I could speak for myself and say I talk mm-hmm. to so many clients and prospects that are just n- currently not using anything to know where they stand in their business, whether that's just process documentation or if it's more more advanced than that, like knowing how many leads are coming from Google and how many phone calls you had from from you know different uh, ad <coughs> campaigns you're running how are your how are your uh, sales reps handling phone calls and and like all of that stuff is things that you can bring into a tool like HubSpot mm-hmm. where you can say like oh wow like i know as a ceo or the vp of sales that my sales team is killing it this month or i can see that our outbound emails or whatever else are way down. Well, if I'm paying you guys based on certain metrics, well, then I want to make sure that you guys are meeting the demand of what my expectation is. Right. So I think it helps like executives make more informed decisions. I think that's one of the biggest challenges in, in company companies of every size really is that sales reps often, and you came from a sales background, sales reps also often get blamed first when things aren't really going well and revenue is not where it's at or leads aren't coming through. But really, it's kind of this like perfect marriage of like marketing, sales, and the executive team laying out goals, expectations, and then being able to track and, and check in on that, right? If I tell my sales guy, dude, you're not doing anything, and I try to micromanage him, and he's like, well, dude, I, I made 20 calls this month or 30 calls this month, but I have no way of knowing if he did that. Well, then how do I get to keep a pulse on the results that we're, you know, that we're kind of trying to expect out of our sales team. So, I mean, that's for me, the reason why I like tools like HubSpot are just like so powerful. It equips your executive team to be more effective. And not only that, it also helps your sales teams be more efficient. One of my all time favorite features of HubSpot are the sequences feature. Um, For those of you that have never seen HubSpot, you've never logged in. I'm going to do my best to explain HubSpot sequences. It's so much easier to show it to you, but you're listening to podcasts. So I'm going to tell you. Um, cell sequences essentially are a sequence of uh, tasks, emails, messages, um, you know, things of that nature uh, that can happen on a recurring basis or whenever you want to take action. So let's just use an example that I've used in the past. If I wanted to go out and target uh, 50 um, large, you know, medical spas, and I know that if I want to reach out to a kind of a cold outreach to a medical spa, I have this email that I always send, right? Like, you know, hey, Amber, my name's Andrew. And for the last 10 years, I've been helping medical spas double their revenue by helping them generate leads, create more effective, you know, conversion opportunities and making sure that your website's designed for conversions, whatever, right? I'm just making this up on the fly. Uh, I would love to schedule 15 minutes on your calendar to show you how we've, we've helped other medical spas in your area, right? Well, typically, most people I talk to, that sales experience is I'll send it when I get the lead through, right? If I have a list of a hundred, that means a hundred manual emails I'm sending. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is I'm currently managing my active deals. I'm currently managing customer relationships with customers I've sold over the years to kind of just keep that rapport. Right? So those a hundred manual emails that I sent out to prospects, well, guess what? I didn't send another email to nurture them. I didn't follow Mm -hmm. them on LinkedIn. I didn't do a cold, you know, I didn't do a call to kind of just like follow up to the email I sent. Like nothing else happens. And then you say, well, it's just a numbers game and the numbers game doesn't work. I, I sent a hundred emails and no one responded. Well, do you, like, you know, with billboards, you have to see the damn thing eight times for it to be effective. Do right. you think one cold email is going to do it? Like, no, that's the power of sequences. I can take that same list of a hundred and roll them into a outbound sales sequence that has a series of emails that I want them to get. They're each personalized for those hundred individuals. And then all of a sudden that's automated. Imagine the effectiveness of that campaign versus the hundred manual emails that you sent when you never followed up ever again. Same thing with the paid advertising, the demand side of what you're doing, Mustafa. That's one of the things I see all the time too. People run tons of money in ads and then say that the ads don't work. Okay, well, let's walk through the processes of what happened whenever those thousand, you know, let's just say a hundred people filled out those lead forms. Then what did you do? Well, we, we emailed them and asked them if they wanted to schedule a sales call. Then what did you do? Well, that was it. We were too busy to, to do anything else. Again, that's not going to convert. Like you have to have a system and an automation in place to make sure that these prospects that are coming through, whether it's paid ads or organic traffic, right. whatever, are being nurtured. Like 
hundred percent. It's it's like that, right? Yeah, no, for sure. And that's why data is so key. And that's why, like, we when we start like push analytics, like you know, we we the data, yeah. you just can't. It's not that it's not that we feel like we just, we just want to do data for the. It's like there's no other way. We don't know any other way to do it. Like you have to look at you have to have all the information in front of you to know if something's working or not. And when it comes to um, big ticket businesses, B two B, even like even B two C businesses, but like especially when it comes to like big ticket service businesses, B2B, um, you don't have data if you don't have process because how, because a lot of it depends on human input. Like if you run an e-commerce store on Shopify, I mean, maybe you didn't really think about it, but like, whatever, you still have some data, right? Uh, it won't, maybe it won't be like a hundred percent, but you're going to have something cause you know who ordered what, and there's not that many touch points, but when it comes to like a big ticket service based, uh, business, I mean, there's not that many touch points with individual humans, um, there are a lot of touch points, but um, anyways, when it comes to like big ticket service based business or, or whatever, right? B2B, there's a lot of touch points with people. If those people aren't participating in some sort of process, you don't even know what happened. Like, there's no way for you to, like, I can't like read somebody's mind and find out how many times you called somebody or like, what are you going to do? Like, Hey, let me get, let me see your phone and look at your calls. And you're not like, they, like, right. So not, the process yeah. is like super key to even have data um on the b2b side on the service-based business side on big ticket business side even big ticket e-commerce if you sell mattresses or something online you really want to have that process in place uh to be able to um to be able to actually have any data right and and mm -hmm. uh i mean you mentioned it really good andrew earlier like you know upsot's a great tool but you know it's a tool and if you mm -hmm. like even the example of sequences right if you don't have a process and sales team isn't even trained on how to use sequences. There is no templates for sequences. And um, that's right. The, they're not going to use them. I mean, they use, have the tool. Yeah. You know, on that note, you can give me the best surgical tools in the world and I will go completely botch a brain surgery right now. There you go. Probably yeah. <laughs> end up accidentally killing the fella. You know? So you got to have those processes. That's the mindset. I mean, everything that you see about entrepreneur stuff is, is all about mindset and getting after it. And the process is how you think about what you're doing with those people and getting them into the right funnels and all that. Sometimes you can turn no into a yes, even if you have a process in place that says when they say no, you hit them with this line, you know, because there's one more chance there. You don't want to be, you know, overbearing and annoying, but just because they said no doesn't mean you can't offer it from one more angle just to try to turn that no into a yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I mean, without and and there are different processes too in like your business, and they all interact with each other. So if they said no, then that might be the end of the sales process, at least for now. But we might funnel them over to like, okay, let's push them to the marketing process, right? And like nurture them and send them like new stuff that comes out. And we knew what they were interested in. We knew that they were interested in this product when you know something new comes out new whatever comes out new regulation comes out. Um, we're gonna send them an email and kind of stay in touch. And then um, kind of go that way, but no, absolutely. Uh, one, um, one cool thing that we like to, the way we like to kind of look at it. Um, and this is in like a process guide that we're, we're, uh, we're developing internally and constantly like redeveloping, um, the, your business, the business is like a body, right? So like a, like a human body. Okay. And the processes are all like the different systems in the body. And you, mm -hmm. uh, going back to what I was saying, everybody has that right now. People may not be aware that their business, their body is like that or that they have mm -hmm. system. They might not be taking care of them. They might just be like, whatever, I'll eat whatever, I'll do whatever. Um, right. But everybody has it. Right. So it's like each process is almost like a system. So like your sales process, is like a system, your onboarding process is a system. And the systems have to work well within themselves and also work well with each other. Right. Yeah. So, um, so that, that's, you know, when you kind of start looking at it like that, you're like, you know, how do we, diagnose the business how do we like you know cure the business treat the business right so mm -hmm. um it's it's very very key and uh, it's not even key just within a specific department um but when you zoom out more you're like okay we have sales um and uh, sales now has a process but like okay how does sales tie into marketing how does sales tie into service how does sales tie into onboarding like how do all these things tie to each other they're different teams different processes but where are the junction points for them yep yeah yep that's <laughs> I it's think just that requires so cool. a moment of silence. Just let yeah. that sit in for the audience for a second. <laughs> it, it, I mean, seriously though, like it's just, it just blows my mind that businesses aren't putting more emphasis or, or um, they're not prioritizing processes, right? Like it's just not, mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. We need to document that. 
but it doesn't they like I don't think that they realize how much of an impact it has on the bottom line revenue. Like it is like in my opinion like the key contributor. Like maybe that's mm-hmm. like a bold statement, but in my opinion, again like I mentioned earlier, I lost the most of my like good clients over the years, early days because I just didn't have systems and processes documented. Mm-hmm. Uh they were just in my brain floating around you know, and it was willy nilly, however it made sense at that specific time, right? Like Mm -hmm. once I made that change, once I decided that, okay, this is a priority for me, I saw a huge increase in just, not just like performance, you know, internally, but just like the revenue grew because I was able to say, oh, I used to only be able to build one website or two websites per month. I confidently, right now we're building seven websites at the same time. Right. And I feel super comfortable about it because we have a system, right? Like mm-hmm. I know where each of those websites are at within the process. I know where kind of like, I know what we need to do. It's before. also better for your mental state. <laughs> yes. Totally. yes. Yeah. Totally. Say, since we, you started documenting processes, Andrew, just personally on you, we don't have that. Oh yeah. This step anymore. The yeah. afterthought of, oh, we forgot about that step and it's important. That doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. One of the simplest ways that I was dropping the ball, um, this one's this one's a shame to, to admit to, but we would have clients that we'd launch websites for. And then two or three months <coughs> later, we get an email. Hey, Andrew, would you mind sharing some analytics with us on how the website's doing since the, the launch? Guess what? Your boy forgot to put Google Analytics on the website. Oh man. Mm-hmm. oh, man. Such a small, stupid, simple yeah. thing. Would have taken me two seconds to do. But what mm-hmm. happens inevitably every time I build a website, the client's happy with the pace when it's in the beginning when they're like, ooh, design. Oh, yeah. oh cool. That looks cool. Oh, coded out. Now, oh, nice content. Oh, but then as soon as they see their content in their website, can we launch it tomorrow? And it's like, yeah bro slow down like yeah. we have processes for a reason right this like this keeps me from dropping the ball and not putting google analytics mm-hmm. on your website so you're not pissed at me in three months but it yeah. was like little stuff like that that was like yeah how do you miss that right and, mm-hmm. and then you have to explain that to your client or your customer and be like well you see what hap- had analytics. happened was yeah. you know like i don't want to ever be in that position again Mm-mm. that's rough yeah no for sure for sure and it's like yeah, there's just no other way to keep track of it if you if you don't have that set up, and that's why that mental state too, like the mental state, just really matters. It's just otherwise, oh yeah, you don't know what you don't know, and then yeah. you're like, oh shoot, and you get up and like you get up in the morning, like oh shoot, am I missing ten things or am I not? I don't even know. Oh, yeah, should I, I be panicking or not? I have no idea. Exactly. What do I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This morning we didn't have a nine a.m. recording, and we were both sitting here like, what are we supposed to be doing right now? <laughs> yeah, because we always have a nine a.m. and an eleven a.m. podcast. We're like, what? Yeah. What are we gonna? What are we gonna do? Um, let me ask you this question because I know that we're you know I want to be respectful of your time as we talk about. I mean, obviously, there's a big part of what you do. So people out there listening to the podcast, if you are looking to, to make improvements in your processes and your business, Mustafa's the guy to call, like bottom line, like that stuff that I nerd out about, but it's not something I deliver as a service because honestly, I'm trying to still figure out my own processes most of the time. Mm-hmm. But what, I, what I'd like to ask you is for smaller companies out there listening to the show, wondering, okay, you, you know, you've, you've got my attention. I'm listening to what you have to say. Where do, where do they start? Like, how can they just start? Yeah with process creation or maybe process improvement you hit right on the point that i was thinking of and and when you were saying how people a lot of times don't realize how important this is and i think what some people do is they're like my business is too small i don't really need to worry about it but like unless you're literally like you started yesterday and you have Mm -hmm. no clients uh you probably should be thinking about this right so um so you know once you kind of get to that point um because again process doesn't mean multi-billion dollar organization i mean it means that too but it means you know, it means I have 10 customers. It means mm-hmm. I have hundred customers you need at all levels and your process can scale with you. Right. So, so you don't have to start at the end point, right? You can start somewhere. Right. And the first thing I usually say, you're like, if I, if I only need to do one thing right now, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to that retail analogy that I gave is like, make sure that all your entrance points to your business are accounted for all of them. Right. If somebody responds to a cold email, if somebody responds to a LinkedIn message, if somebody responds to, um, if somebody just fills out a form on the website, 
whatever it is, right? Like so simple stuff like having a form on the website that doesn't go anywhere or it goes to an inbox that nobody checks is like a disaster, is a disaster. Like you might spend however much you spend to acquire a lead, hundreds, thousands, whatever it is. And then imagine they're actually interested. And then, oh shoot, we didn't realize they were interested. Yeah. Like that's bad, right? So so I'd say, um, but it happens. Like right, no shame if it's happening. I mean, like there's too much going on, in, like right at any given point in time yeah. as a business owner. So we're not again, we're not like shaming, but I'm just saying if you wanted to start in one place, um, I, that's like the first thing. Like we always want to check for when we're like talking to a business. Like okay, is your form going somewhere on the website? Who picks it up? Who answers this email? Uh, so that would be like the first place, right? We call it the lead management process. Usually, if I'm giving a presentation, there's like we put up different processes on a board to kind of show you where you should go from. And uh, <coughs> when you think of process, it's really simple. <coughs> think of it from the perspective of the thing that matters most in your business, your customers. So just think of like, you know, how your customers kind of flow through and find out about your business, marketing, and then they come to your website and then. Um, and they get interested in that lead management that I'm telling you about. Then you put them through some sort of sales process, and then there's either marketing or onboarding. So think of it from that perspective, and then you kind of start going that route. But the, the key thing to start with is definitely going to be like make sure that your lead management uh, is at least in order. Then followed by that, I'd go into the sales process uh, after that. But um, on that note, though, I, I will say that you don't have to start. Um, and again, first thing of what you want to do, um, and I, I didn't want to say earlier, like, uh, you know, you mentioned process documenting, which is super important. And, uh, you know, like whatever tool you want to use, process street, like Notion's pretty good for like just documenting. Yeah. We use, like, we use Notion great. a lot. Um, we also do flow charts. Like we use Lucidchart for like flow charts to actually like map out like what things look like. That usually helps like tremendously. Love Lucid. Lucidchart's um, awesome. Yeah. 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 We've had like executives on, on calls like come after and, and tell us. Thank you for helping us understand our own business better because it's just like <laughs> being able to like show it very clearly. Yeah. But um, but I'd say like, yeah, so definitely um, as you're doing that, you don't need to use the most advanced tool to actually execute your process. So um, maybe you don't want a CRM at the stage of business you are. And that's okay. Like you don't have to have one. You could still have good processes though. Like, you know, we had to work with somebody who um, they were their decent size, but they, they, you know, we were talked about like getting them on a CRM. They had like a, like kind of some spreadsheets, but then they, you know, using Airtable, which is like a little bit more advanced, right? So, yeah. um, and then we're like, okay, like we checked a few things, and we're like, actually, you know what? This this works fine for now. Like as long as you guys are on top of it, and you have like a set process, have a coordinator that stayed on top of everything, whatever. This works fine for now. We don't need to like reinvent it. Like it's it's fine. Yeah. So we we can we can do what we need to do without without changing your tool. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and that always feels good, right? Like a customer. Because at that point too, like you build a lot more, I think, loyalty with the customer. Because they're like, "Wow, I, they didn't just sell me on another piece of tech that we may or may not know how to use." Just like I don't think, as agency owners, I know there's a few agency owners that listen to the show. A lot of times, we try to force our clients to utilize the tools we use because it makes it more convenient for us. <laughs> and I certainly see the value in that in certain occasions because um, right. it certainly centralizes our efforts and takes away the headache. But sometimes we have to adapt to the client's needs. And like you said, if they're already paying for Airtable and they're fully, you know, kind of everybody on, is on their team is on board, let's stick to Airtable, right? Like, yeah. why, why make it harder for them? At the end of the day, like, we're trying to make their lives easier, not our lives easier. Like, that's, that's what we're Absolutely. in the business of doing, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And then, and then, you know, also, like, making, um, you know, telling them, like, look, once you get to the point where you need this, and Airtable probably won't be sufficient, but, you know, you're making it work for now. But if you need, like, for example, chat connected in and you, you need, like, you know, a bunch of five different versions of, like, marketing emails going out, depending on, like, things they fill out and you need to start tracking quotes, then maybe you're going to need to move past Airtable. But look, for now, we can tweak this and, and get it to work. And that's and breaking it up that way. Um, is really important because otherwise you're going to get really overwhelmed. You're going to be like, oh, I have no problem. I, well, I, I'm not optimizing my process at all. You're going to be like, oh, what do I do? You know, it's like somebody who, I don't know, maybe like didn't really ever work out before. And then, um, yeah, and then like, they're like, all of a sudden they realize somebody tells them they need to be fit. They're really convinced. And then like, oh, what do I do? Do I do, do I do diet? Do I do, you know, this fancy fad diet? Do I do that? Yeah, and, CrossFit you know, or do like a million, a million yeah, push-ups? Do I bike? And all of a sudden they're thinking of like, do I do a whole Ironman? And it's like, dude, just, just, just <laughs> run for 10 minutes a day and, and yeah. you know, it'll be good. Like you got to work up to it because otherwise you're not going to do anything and it's going to be yeah, too overwhelming. Yeah. And you're not gonna be able to manage it. So even with, um, even with HubSpot itself, if we're working with HubSpot and they have different hubs, right? A lot of times we do like a phased approach, like phase one, let's get the team on. 
Uh, let's get the sales team on. Then phase two, let's get the service team on. Phase three, let's get the marketing team on so that the organization can actually absorb all that, even if they know that they want that. So um, so that's really, really important. Just start with something, um, you know, with whatever tool and you can evolve it later. Um, but having the process um, and having the people understand the process and running the process is more important than your specific selection of tool. Like you could yeah. make it work, you know, probably decent like let's say in google forms like right if you had like a simple depending on your business right i'm not saying sure yeah business, but <laughs> maybe some people make things work in google forms like i have a google form <clears throat> it goes to a sheet we have a coordinator they call right away they schedule appointments right i mean you can right it, it might not be the best thing for but you can make it work but you just need a really really good process with people on top of it so yeah for sure and, and i think Another thing that I'm like a, a huge nerd for is like the automation side of all of this, which we've not like really touched on a lot, but we like a little bit, but like the automation side for me is like what really makes it special, especially, I mean, it matters at the, at the larger companies and smaller companies, but especially special in small companies where it's like, you are already trying to wear a thousand different hats, manage a hundred different things. And time is finite, right? Like you don't have enough time in the day. Mm -hmm. If you can automate things that are just like not a good use of your time, and get more out of the day and be more efficient and more productive and take some of the headaches away. Like, why wouldn't you opt in for that? I mean, that's, I had a conversation actually just this week who is uh, going through a, uh, an acquisition They're They're purchasing another company. And he was like, Hey, like, do you think we should just put something on, you know, on the website or whatever to kind of just announce it? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. We should do that. And I was like, well, I was like, are you guys getting access to their database of cl clients? And they were like, Oh yeah, yeah, we are. And I'm like, cool. Like, what's your strategy for that? Like, what are you going to do with all those, those emails? And they were like, uh, and I was like, Oh, so we've not really, we've not thought about that yet. And they were like, no, and I was like, Oh, well it would probably be a really good idea to create like a nice nurture sequence so that you can make an introduction to those people. Like you're about to buy that business. You need to like convince them why they should trust you. Like they trusted the last company. I mean, imagine, you know, imagine if, you know, I bought a company today and I didn't say anything to the new customers that I bought. And three years later, whenever I rolled out a new product that I wanted to sell, I was like, hey, everybody on my list, including these people I acquired three years ago, I'm selling this thing. <laughs> it's like, dude, I don't even I don't even know you, bro. Like, yeah. who like who are you and why did you get my email address, right? Because like you never even warmed them up. I used to kind of use this analogy all the time about the importance of having a process whenever you collect someone's email, like in a lead magnet or at a, mm -hmm. at a networking event or whatever, is that like... If I got a girl's number at the bar and she's like, you know, we're, we're feeling it. We're hitting it off, right? She gives me her phone number. And then I don't text or email this or text or uh, call this girl for six mm -hmm. months, 12 months down the road. <laughs> she's not going to have any clue I am. She's like, who the hell are you? Who You're are a creep. You? <laughs> Never text this number again, right? Like that's the problem. I see a lot of businesses though. They don't have processes put in place for that kind of thing. And that's exactly mm -hmm. what they're doing with their email list. They did this big gala. They did this big uh, fundraiser. They did like whatever they did this event where they were collecting emails on the trade show floor. And then three or four months later when they realized, Oh yeah, we need to work that list. We got at that trade show last, last July, Bob. Cool. Now you're going to reach out to all these people who have no idea who you are. That's like, crazy. Like that's the kind of thing you have to be thinking about before you ever go to that trade show, right? Like yeah. if you're going to waste the money to go to a trade show and spend $3,000 for a 10 by 10 booth, you sure as hell better have a process in place to nurture those leads after you get home, right? That I'll get off my soapbox, but that's the kind of uh, thing that like drives me crazy, man. And, and it's honestly, I think a lot of us are guilty of it or guilty of it. Maybe not to that extreme, mm -hmm. but like there's certainly areas in our business where I'm like, damn, we could be improving that. Like every single conversation I have, I should be tagging that client with something related to what they were interested in and have sequences right. and emails set out to go out <clears throat> to nurture those people. Like you mentioned earlier, just because someone's not ready to buy now doesn't mean they're not going to ever buy in the future, right? Or that right. they can't be a promoter or a referral source for me down Absolutely. the road. But how am I going to, how am I going to earn that business? I have to educate them. I have to be a resource. How do you do that? Processes. Duh. That's how you do it. Mm -hmm. And it's really, uh, uh, and it's really the nurture thing you mentioned is, is is really key too because it's like people now put their emails in so many things. Like I don't even remember what I put my email in last week, right? Oh, like you that's just, bad, bro. You know, 
Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> you gotta. I, I had to put my email <laughs> to park. I, I had to put my that. email to park the other day. Like you know, it's yeah. like, a, it's like a, what? a app that you gotta park with, and I, you gotta put your email. I, I don't know who these guys are, and yeah. if they don't email me, I'm definitely not gonna remember you. Like tomorrow. No. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, Mustafa, I feel like again, this conversation <clears throat> could have gone for two more hours, like a Joe Rogan Absolutely. podcast, but we don't have an audience that'll listen to us that long. I don't think, but uh, <laughs> I I'm enjoying this conversation a lot and maybe in the future we can have you back and we can deep dive into some other areas, Absolutely. but we like to have our listeners or we, we like to have our guests <laughs> leave us with one hack, one thing that businesses can do today to improve, improve some area of their business for you, whether it's processes or I, I really, it was so funny. I didn't understand the business name until about 20 minutes ago in the conversation, you'd said something, you were like, that's why we push analytics. And when you said it like that, like that's why we push analytics, I was like, oh, oh, that's why the company is called Push <laughs> Analytics. So if, 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 whatever it's gonna be, Clever. I'm gonna drop a little uh, sound effect and then I'm gonna let you leave us with a business growth hack. All right. So, uh, uh, yeah. So like I said uh, before, I mean, I think the best thing is start looking at your process, start looking at where your customers are, um, look at um, especially like the, all the inputs to your business, make sure those are accounted for um, and kind of work your way inward. Don't overwhelm yourself. Um, just get started um, and document as much as possible as you're going along. And um, one thing I wanted to actually add in, in here and, you know, I don't know if it's here later, but um, is um, if you feel like, hey, like you just but uh, people of this podcast specifically, if you feel like, hey, like you need somebody, you want to talk to somebody, you want to talk and just discuss your business, do a quick consult, um, reach out to us. Um, but, you know, hello at pushanalytics.com. It's very easy. Um, and then you can just say, uh, you can just say that you came from the Business Growth Hacks podcast in the title, and then our team will like route it um, accordingly and we'll, we'll get on a call. We'll get a call scheduled with you. So, um, but, but yeah, but start. Definitely look at that. Uh, look at where your customers are coming in from and kind of move your way inwards as much as you can. That's, that's Heck yeah, man. Well said. I think that that's a great place to start. Uh, you know what? Just use whatever tool makes sense to you. If that's starting in Google yeah. Docs, Evernote, Notion, you know, whatever tool yeah. makes the most sense for you, uh, go for it. Uh, again, Mustafa, thank you so much, man, for being on the show. Yeah. Why don't you tell our listeners one more time where they can find you, how they can support you, all that good stuff. Oh, absolutely. I mean, people can people are welcome to connect with me online on, on LinkedIn. Um, if, if you want to, you know, you'll have the spelling of my name, Mustafa Morsi. If you want to collect me on LinkedIn, that's fine. But again, if you want to do like a consult, email us at hello at pushanalytics.com. Put in the title business growth hack so that our team knows to like route that to that we give you like basically a complimentary consult because uh, we do a lot of different consults and, you know, we usually charge for them. So, uh, so just put that in there and, and we can, uh, uh, we'll do that. And um, I do have, we talked a lot about HubSpot today. So mm -hmm. yeah. uh, I do do um, a, a little series on like features and how to use HubSpot. It's called HubSpot Power Tips. Right now it's on LinkedIn. We're going to move it uh, to like more platforms. So if you're mm -hmm. interested in that, connect with me on LinkedIn and just say you're interested in that so I can send you updates on that as well. Heck yeah, definitely check that out. I hope hopefully you drop it on YouTube because that's like where I consume a lot of my content. But I'll start by uh, that's why yeah we're on working LinkedIn on that first. now. We're kind of move, we're making more episodes and we're gonna move it over. Um, you know, it's just yeah, perfect man. Well, I, I look, I definitely look forward to that. Well, thanks again, man, for for the conversation. Uh, thanks again to our sponsors over at Wingman. Wingman's your all-in-one marketing and sales automation software, which will help you streamline your communication, automate your processes, and grow your business. Check it out. Trustyourwingman.com. Until next time, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Growth Hacks podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. To get more marketing tips and tricks, follow Beefy Marketing on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Beefy Marketing. And to take your business to the next level, check out our website at www.beefymarketing.com.